you found the only podcast that has a key lime pie recipe to die for. Hey, let me ask you something. On this episode, Kristen and Ralph read each other's diaries and discuss becoming the person you're supposed to be, the honor system, missing something that's missing, the dangers of comparing yourself to others, looking back to look forward, the difference between a job, a career, and a calling, and what it means to get truly geesed up. And as always, the views expressed on the Hey Let Me Ask You Something podcast are solely the opinions of your hosts, Kristen Wood and Ralph Andracchio, and are based on their years of practical and clinical experience. These opinions do not constitute any kind of advice, diagnosis, or treatment of any mental, physical, or emotional issues. If you are having an emergency or any serious ongoing situations, please contact your local hospital or a trusted professional. You can find this complete disclaimer on our podcast homepage. And now, on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hey, Let Me Ask You Something, the home of common questions and uncommon answers. I am Ralph. I am Kristen. And we are back again to share our expertise in molding the minds of America and the world. <laughs> that was very dramatic today, Ralph, Thank but you. I loved it. It was eloquent practicing. at the same time. I've been practicing <laughs> in the mirror, looking at myself in the eye. Uh, try it. It's terrible. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing well. You know, yeah. the summer's here. Masks are no longer required. City's open. Yeah, and but some places are confusing about not required but recommended. Oh yes, should I share my story? Yeah, please share your wild story. And obviously, we're speaking from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and some of you that might be listening may not be in that space yet. Right. But in Philadelphia, there's no there's as of Friday, last Friday, June 11th, there is no longer a mask mandate for mandate for indoor. But it's still a little bit confusing because I went to the Wawa. Some of you might know what that is. Some of you may not. And it's like a convenience store for those of you in other states. For Mayor of Easttown yes. fans. Yeah, <laughs> Mayor of Easttown fans. And on the outside of the store, it tells you that masks are required, which I figured was old sign, but I said, okay, I came in. I put my mask on because I'm a rule follower. And then I get inside, and it says basically another sign that says pretty much you don't have to wear a mask. <laughs> so I was very confused, but I opted to take my mask off as I am fully vaccinated. Right. So there is a little confusion around it, uh, and I think a lot of people are walking around not sure what they're supposed to do. I'm, I, I'm of the mind of I'm going to continue to wear my mask as much as possible because I don't know about anybody else, but I really enjoyed not being sick for a whole year. True. Um, so I'm going to wear mine where and when appropriate, and I'm also going to try to do what people in other countries do where if I'm sick... I'm going to wear my mask when I'm out and about so I don't get other people sick. That's a really good idea. Isn't that yeah, a, isn't that a weird concept yeah. here in America, <laughs> taking care of other people? I, right. I think that that's a great idea. The, I, the other sign I saw um, outside another store was that we strongly encourage you to wear a mask. I didn't know what to do with that one which, either. Which means absolutely nothing because anybody who is it lives in America or knows somebody who lives in America knows we strongly encourage you to do something means absolutely nothing. <laughs> Just like it's the honor system it's as the, to whether yeah. or not you're vaccinated. But that not. that assumes everybody in the system has honor, <laughs> right? 
Right. Which doesn't happen often. Um, yeah. So that's where we're at uh, globally and societally. But this show is all about answering interesting questions that people send to us. And I have one this week that is really, really interesting. And it goes something like this. So the question is, how do you know you're heading on the right track for the person you want to become? I, I know. I, I, what just happened here is what happened the first time you read the question. I was like, that is a damn good question. A damn really good, good question. question. How do you know you're heading on the right track for the person you want to become? And I'm sure this is a question that resonates with a lot of people who may listen to this podcast. Because this is a this is a question that is like it's a shared um, it's a shared state of being for people. Like we all have that thing where we're like, "Am I am I the person I want to be? How do I get to be the person I want to be? What does that track look like?" So this is this question is great and it's ripe for us to kind of dig in and figure it out. We're not you know the the purpose of this podcast isn't to give you a complete answer or like give advice. It's more of like let's dig into the question and figure out why people ask this question. What are the parts to it? What, you know, what can we what kind of general knowledge and opinions from our experience, can we give that may help people that have a similar question? Because I know if I had three clients that asked me the same question, they're going to get three different answers because nobody's the same person. Yes, and I think that the whole question in and of itself makes me think a lot about some of the work that I do of recognizing your progress, being able to point out when you're growing, because I, we've mentioned this before, I feel like, in a different context of people being so focused on what they where they where they're trying to go, what they want to change, what they don't like about themselves, and then don't necessarily um, pay attention to the steps they have taken. And then how do you know when you, you get there? Right. I, I kind of think there's some, there's some um, value in beginning at the beginning of when do you know, when do you have an inkling that, oh, I'm not the person I want to be? Or... When, what will trigger, I know I'm stacking my questions, I apologize, but like what triggers that, that process of thinking of, oh, am I who I'm supposed to be? You know, like what, what do you think triggers that in people to ask that question in the first place? The first thing that popped into my head is very simple. You're not happy. That's what I thought of. And that's a very simplistic answer. But not happy with what? No, I, I, I agree, but... Let's get even more specific, like not happy with what? Um, never happy at work. Every day I dread going to work and I dread um, throughout the day, every Sunday, I'm thinking about it and I'm, I'm unhappy at work or um, I'm unhappy in a relationship and most of the time I'm, I'm realizing that I'm not feeling, you know, happy with the way I'm behaving towards my partner and I'm feeling bad about it. So, you know, I think it would depend on what area of your life you're referring to when you're saying the person that I want to become. I think it also could be something feels like it's missing. Mm. And I don't know if you can explain that so well as it's a feeling. Uh, something doesn't, it feels like something's missing from your life. And maybe it's a passion. 
yeah. about something or something that really gets you excited. Like you look at, you could look at your life and think, I have this, I have that, check, 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 but something feels like it's missing. And again, I think of something like a passion or something that makes you feel really excited, but it could be other parts of your life that um, you, you didn't recognize you were missing maybe at first. Yeah, and I think there's value in thinking about where it's coming from. Like, is it internal or external? Like, did you see something that other couples have or somebody who really loves their job is doing? And you're like, oh. And then you think about if that applies to you, and you're like, oh, wow, I'm missing that. Like you said, like, you know something's missing, but you don't know what. Or is it coming from inside where you wake up? (laughs) And I don't think... I don't think it's a bolt from the blue. I don't think you, like, sit bolt upright in bed one night and you're like, crap, everything's wrong. Like, I don't think that happens. I think it's more of, like, a general... uh, It kind of builds until one day you kind of finally... It crosses a threshold where it's not in the background anymore and you notice it in the front of your brain and you're like, wow, I'm really not happy. You're like, wow, something... Something inside of me wants something different than what I'm doing. So I think there's value in, first of all, trying to figure out where that feeling came from. And if it came, and questioning it, number two. I mean, uh, and, and again, I'm always going to say this because I, I think it's an interesting point for people to consider. I try to avoid asking why, because why kind of engenders... Um, uh, defensiveness like when you ask somebody why did you do that immediately we get defensive and our hackles go up because well, what do you mean why did I who are you, you know, right. why, why don't you go jump off a pier <laughs> I know I just channel my grandfather why don't you go jump off a pier um, but I always ask like what or who or how and like for for this question specifically I think I would ask you know, what's making me feel this way? You know, how did I, how, how did this question come to get into my brain? I think that, that inspires us to dig deeper and why I think cuts it off. It's very, it's a very superficial, it, it engenders a very superficial response, I think. I don't know, what do you think? I think, yeah, I think it can. I think, I'm not, as opposed to the why word, is, is you know, but I, but I think that really focusing in on what you said, the who, what did you, how did you the say who, that? the what, the how. Right. Right. Because I don't always know if you can even put your finger on it right away, and that journey in and of itself might be part of the process of figuring out, like, who you're supposed to become. And so sometimes it might be hard to articulate or even understand yourself. But I do think you kind of made me think about making sure it's, it's, it's not, if, how do I split this? You don't want it to be because you saw somebody else and you want to be like them. You don't want it to be because you're constantly comparing yourself to someone else or you think other people have more or you want to be like the neighbor down the street or whatever because I think all of that gets into a whole other different category of probably some of your own insecurities and self-esteem issues uh, you know, that could be pushing you in one direction or another. And, and if those are there, then that might be what you need to be looking at to become the person that you want to become. But I think that if it's something with you as an individual or something in your life personally and it's not so much coming from the outside. At least that's what I think of with the question. I think so too. And it makes me think of the process of change Um, because there's very specific um, 
elements and 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 um, steps to change. You know, there's um, I can't, and of course I'm blanking, and I can't name them right now. Uh, well, I'm allowed to help over here because I'm like I should probably know this. <laughs> so I can't think. Oh, of it's a, there's pre-contemplation, <laughs> oh, contemplation, yes. Yes. you know, preparation, action, maintenance, all that stuff. And I think it's I think it's important to figure out where you're at. Like, you may notice that a change needs to happen, but you're not quite ready to make it happen yet, and that's okay. You know, I I think we're so as a society we're so steeped in this idea of you got to change right now like everything's happening don't don't sleep on it you got but that's for people who are ready to change if you're not ready and you're you're not you don't have the reserves and you don't have the energy to actually start on the journey of change that's okay but now you can file it away and say this is something I can put in my calendar and plan for, you know, when when the circumstances align. Yeah, you have to be you have to be ready for that. And you're right, people think as soon as you decide you should make a change or someone else tells you you should make a change, that <laughs> that you should just make that change, you know? Right. And it's it's I know Michael Jackson sang that song, but it's it's not that simple as Man in the Mirror. I couldn't think of the song. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Make the change. Um change. <laughs> so it's not that simple. I, I think I just had this conversation this afternoon that, you know, you you see the, the problem area, if you want to call it that, it's kind of a bad way of putting it, but the area you want to make the changes in, you see why, what's getting in the way, and then that, you can be stuck there for a while where it's really, really hard. You see it, you see yourself doing the same thing over and over again and not getting where you need to be, but to actually start to take those steps and make it different is very, very hard. And that's, mm-hmm. that's in and of itself a process and a journey. Yeah. And, and as you make that, as you take on that process, you don't exist in a bubble, you know, so everybody who knows you is going to notice things are changing. They may love it and support you, or they may hate it and distance mm-hmm. themselves from you. And that's, again, that's okay. But also it gives you a really nice a really nice insight into these people in your life and if they like you at if they're more interested in hanging around you when you're not in alignment rather than you know in alignment and seeing you becoming your true self your best self and they get mad at that that's on them, and that's up to you to say whether you want to hang out with those kind of people or not. Oh, yeah. I mean, I talk about this all the time, too, is that you might see these changes you want to make, especially if it's within a family unit or a relationship, and you decide you want to make these changes. Everyone's not on board with this because guess what? Everyone else can decide they want to make some changes, too. They may be perfectly happy with the way things are, and they may not be interested or particularly like the change that you want to make. Now, that doesn't mean they don't love you, and you know, I don't think we should suggest that, And that, but they may push back. And then, again, like you said, there may be other people, such as maybe friendships, that no longer will exist because those individuals don't, you know, don't support the change, changes that you're making and they were more comfortable. And a lot of times that has to do with people not wanting to look at themselves. Absolutely. And They're has, not ready for change. That has more to <laughs> so do with them than circle. you. Yep has more to do with them than anything you're doing. And it's, again, it's a power that you can take, you you can retake and say, I don't need that person in my life, you Mm -hmm. know? And and it it empowers you to be better. 
Um, I'm looking at the question again just to remind myself because it's such a good question. How do you know you're heading on the right track for the person you want to become? So we've talked about like noticing it at first, which there's a power in that and like where it's coming from. But then what does that mean, the person you want to become? Now we now we get very philosophical on the yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> I I think it's so broad. It's a, like I said the question is, is great, but it's a it's a person you want to become could be 5 million different things, you know. I don't really know what that means, but I think you have to be clear on the answer to that before you can start the change process. Mhm. And that could take a ton of time also. What I do with my clients, and I'll let you know a little trade secret. Okay. Uh, don't don't let this uh, stop you from actually becoming one of my clients and giving <laughs> away this information. But I think it, no, I th- I I don't have any proprietary secrets. I think everybody should do this, and I think it's really helpful. When you're figuring out what you want to do, like usually that means for work or a career. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Means like, what am I doing for a career, for a job, to make money, to, you know, be happy? I have my clients look at their past experience, their work history, and not just look at the jobs on the surface, but dig into them and say, why did I, you know, what what about this job attracted me in the first place? Um, And then think about commonalities that each position have because we can look back on our work history and and see like you could have worked at Domino's and then you could have worked in an office and then you could have done gardening like it could be very varied what you did but I'm a believer in there's always a common theme to it you know you you took that job for a reason and, you know, beyond the fact I just needed a paycheck, I just needed some money coming in, you know. If it's a job that you stuck with for a while because you liked it in some way, what about it did you like? What attracted you to that position, you know? And also, there could you could think of it in, an, in, in the way of, like, I just needed a paycheck, but even then you have a choice. Like, yeah, you could work at Domino's, which is a great job, or you could, like, do landscaping, which is another great job. Or you could do, like, there's there's a bunch of jobs out there we can take just because we need the money, but you always, in the back of your brain, you're always making the calculations and the choice of, I'd rather do that job instead of this job. So I think that's a nice place to look, too, of what's the commonalities in everything I've done. And I think once you can figure that out, you it's easier to get kind of a rough sketch of, where you're headed. Yeah, I like that. I also was wondering if there's a thread, if a thread to that is where you were in your life then. Does that play into it too as to why you chose the job? Do you pull that into the equation too? Sure, you can. Yeah, absolutely. Because we, what we want changes over our life too. Like the kind of, yes and no, I'm going to, I'm going to contradict myself, but that's good. That's why we're doing this. Yes and no. I feel like when I was in college, I worked at a movie theater. I don't... And, you know, right now, would I work at a movie theater again? Not necessarily. It wouldn't be my first choice. But there was still something about that job that still to this day, I look back and I'm like, that's one of my favorite jobs. I loved working there. It was so much fun because, you know, A, B, C, D, E, I could list things. And I feel like in some way... Those are the commonalities that I've stuck with through my life and every job that I've had. Because it's like you kind of look for these things that that make you happy in some way or like speak to your values or, or, you know, 
where what kind of image you have of yourself in your own mind yeah what I was thinking about for you is it's it is the fact that you do the improv and the comedy now and you were yeah. in movie theater to me I made a connect there absolutely I, I don't know if that's where my, my brain went there yeah. and then I started thinking about my own job history as you were talking too and I think pretty much throughout my my whole most of my life I've been doing something in helping with social services even prior to finishing school I'm re- I was thinking back to this job with, in a daycare I'm like well that makes sense too because I always have loved children and I wanted to help and care for them and you know that does connect with what I eventually did because even though I don't work with the children now I've worked with children throughout my career um, but yeah each piece did have a part in just trying to figure it out what's interesting and not to go on about my path but I, I did a lot of different, I worked in the same field, but I worked in a lot of different areas of my field, which is, for some social workers, is a little bit different. Some people, like, I worked in foster care for my entire career, which, God help you, you are a saint. Mm-hmm. Um, or I worked in domestic violence, or I worked in a hospital. And I did a lot of different things. But I think that each piece probably had some common thread, like you're mentioning, yeah. to where I am now. Yeah, I, I think, and I... Even if it seems impossible or you're like, ah, whatever, Ralph's dumb. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> That's fine. But if it, at least, you know, I, if I can get you thinking about it, just it, it's an interesting tool. If you haven't done it before, I would say give it a shot. If you're in that place where you're like, I don't know what to do next, look back on what you've done. You know, it's, it's, there's a saying there, and I can't think of it, like past, past makes future or something. Past, I don't know. Somebody, I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask my dad. He knows about that stuff. Um, but yeah, that, that, looking back like that can, can help us figure out a roadmap ahead. It's like not reinvent, reinventing the wheel. You know, you don't, have to, you don't have to redo it every time. Just, you've already done a ton of stuff in your life. Just look back and say, what have I, what have I done? What do I tend to do? That's usually, in my experience, that usually holds true into the future. And I was, I'm asking you questions today. Please. I, I was wondering, too, because I keep coming back to that word passion. I think I have a client in my head, but um, in the back of my head about this. But, you know, some people just feel, like, not fulfilled. Like, when I was saying doing more, I feel like I should be doing more, or I, I want, I want, they feel like I should be more fulfilled, or should be giving back. I think people will say, I'm guessing that you've heard this mm-hmm. from clients. And I was just wondering... Because I guess I, when this comes up in my sessions, I, some people aren't going to be able to work a job that's their passion or that necessarily in the way they want to gives back or cares for the community or whatever the case, or expresses their creativity in the way they like to. I guess and what I'm at, trying to spit out here is for some people, they may just right, continue their job they're doing now, but they may, in order to fight, to become the person that they want to be, um, may need to explore these things in a different way that might not be a paying job, that may not be, um, it could be volunteer work, it could be um, a side hustle, it could be just um, taking some classes and doing some things on their own that might take some of that dread, if that's what they're experiencing around work, life away if they had this other avenue mm-hmm. you know I mean I don't know if your improv work in history is kind of a little bit of a testament to that throughout your life or not in order you need to answer but I'm just thinking about it 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you don't need to monetize everything about your life, I think is my short answer. Yeah. Um, if you have a hobby that feeds your soul and it's just for you and it makes you happy, you don't need... There's nobody that says you need to share that with the world. There's nothing that says you need to make money off of that, you know? So if you have something that you really love that's just for you, if it's like painting or, you know, walking dogs or like, I don't know, whatever whatever your thing is, doing collages or, you know, do it. You don't, And you don't have to make money off of it. Um, but then that speaks to, okay, well, what if I do want to work somewhere where I am a little bit of my passion is in there? There's the, there's the um, continuum of... Um, job career calling like and, and and all these things are valid so if you're just looking for a job to pay the bills and that gives you free time to do other stuff you love awesome totally valid if you want a career where you like invest in this one company or this one organization that that's kind of speaks to your vision and your mission and your life and your values and you want to invest time in them and like climb the ladder there and and do good great awesome do that and then there's the calling part of it where there, there are people who everything they do in every aspect of their life is like built around this one thing that they, they feel called to do that will like impact the world in some way. And that's valid as well. Any one of these or like combination of is totally fine and valid, but it's up to you to figure out which one you want to do. You know, so if you if you just want to work at a job that you know, it's, it's, it's okay, you know, it pays the bills, but it frees me up to do these, all these other wonderful things. And if that's where you are in your life right now, great, do that. You know, nothing, I think we all have this idea in our heads of what, what our parents' generation did, our grandparents' generation did, where you find this one company that you're going to spend the rest of your life at, and you sit at the same desk and talk to the same people and go on the same vacations every year. And it's like the American dream of like getting my briefcase, putting my fedora on, going to work at the same place. You know, it's, it, it, nobody does that anymore. You know, I've heard older people say, oh, young people, they jump around from job to job and they don't stay and they're, they're flaky and flighty. And I'm like, no, they're not. They just learned from the generations that came before and they realized they don't have to do that anymore. They're, they're more comfortable finding themselves and finding what works for them. And they're not going to stick around at a company that doesn't tick enough of the boxes on their checklist of what's going to make me happy. And I, I, I think good more people should do that because then it's on the companies. I know I'm being long-winded. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, Then it's on the companies to change how they think because I think companies are stuck in the 1950s where they have that idea of everybody clocks in at 9 o'clock, you sit at your desk till 5 p.m., and then you go home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the last year during pandemic has taught us you can get work done at home or a hybrid of going in and staying at home and I think now that it's the quarantine's being lifted, I see companies going right back to what they were doing before, and it's you're not going to get a lot of people that are down for that anymore. I heard today that forty percent this don't quote this is something I heard from a client. I'm going I don't to even quote you, but forty percent of people were looking for new jobs or something like that right now, and um, not unemployment. I didn't mean that. Like they're employed, but they're unhappily employed and they're looking and. Um, you know that, and we got us into a conversation around, um, 
yeah, now going back, a lot of people are going back into the office and people might not really want to do that and how that might impact people's happiness in their career and at their job at this point after having a year plus being able to do it from home or having to do it from home, how that might also change what people want and how happy they are around career um, and balancing career. I know you don't think you like that word, but doing the whole, <laughs> I don't know what the right word is. You can, do, you can say I'm balance. I'm going to say balance. I'm going to say balance. You know, that I think people are going to be reevaluating all that. And I think that's going to impact everybody. I think it's, I don't know how, what it's going to look like with businesses, but I think it is going to be a change there. Just like there's been so much other change. I, the thing that keeps popping up in my head, and I don't know if this is going in a direction we don't want to go, but it's just the word success, because this is also something that comes up a lot for me, is what does that mean for you? I mean, I think this is connected to the question. Mm-hmm. Who, how, do, how, do, how do I become the person? Wait, hang on. Uh, how do you know you're headed on the right track for the person you want to become? Right. So, so it does sort of side with looking at what the word success means because I don't know does it I mean, absolutely like it does yeah I don't think I don't think the question feels like they're saying how do I become this person that's a total sack of crap and is nasty to everybody and you know unhappy. is unhappy and is headed in the wrong direction I think implicit in the question is how do I become Who's who's this success? Exactly. How do I become my own? Look at you. It all came together for me and I cut you off. You're doing the, you're (laughs) going to do the marketing for the show for, from now on. Yeah. And I, I, but I just, that is an interesting word that comes up a lot in my sessions. Um, and I think it's around, I think success sometimes can have people looking on outside at others and it's superficial for lack of a better word things as that measure and I really wish that people would broaden their definition and the way they look at that word success into the kind of person that you are I mean just so many other things and how much money you make how long you've been at a company whether you got married at 2.5 kids or whatever it is that people think of it's often by what what's the rest of society doing and I think that can get people bogged down from not getting to work to become the person that they want to be and know that they're getting there or not getting there is, is getting very caught up. And I know I'm back to what I was saying in the beginning, but get measuring it up against other people. That's that's the biggest problem is, is I'm constantly saying you need to bring it back to you and the stuff you've mentioned that you do with your clients about mm-hmm. what are your values? Mm-hmm. What are your beliefs? Mm-hmm. What's important to you? Because when you get into what I'm who I want to become, I'm not saying there won't be any outside influences or that you wouldn't look to other people as examples or, or, you know, I'm not saying, but on the whole, it needs to come from inside you. Absolutely. And something that I, a line I use a lot when I teach improv classes, especially in like scene study classes where we're getting deep into a scene and like what makes it work and, and if they're like connecting as characters, I always say it's never about the drapes. I think we've talked about yes, this before. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. But it's true here, too. You know, it's never about what you think it's about. It's never about... It's not about the money. Everybody says... Everybody equates success with money. And sure, you know, money is important, but it's a tool that helps us do the thing that we really want to do. So the end goal isn't the money. 
the money helps you get to the end goal. So to your point of what success means to you, who is the person I want to become, that means, at least in my brain, who is the person that's going to be doing those things that money and success are going to help me do? Like if you're, what's your idea of success? Is it, is it, I want to be philanthropic and help, you know, those who are home insecure find a place. Like I want to find more places for people to live. Is it, I want to, I want to figure out how to feed more people that may be food insecure. Is it, I want to help, uh, you know, domestic violent victims. I want to help LGBTQ kids who've been kicked out of their house. I want, you know, whatever that is, or it just could be very simple. Like, I just want to spend more time with my family. I just want to watch my kids grow up. I just want to, you know, travel more and meet new people and try new foods and like, you know, make friends. That's fine. And that's the, sometimes the simplest reasons for wanting to be successful are the best, you know? So figuring out what that goal behind the goal is, I think it's a, it's the next step. And I don't know if I'm, you know, I'm not trying to think, I don't know how this is going to come out, but I'll just say it. Say it. I don't think there's anything wrong with somebody finding, for them, making a, a certain amount or having a certain um, salary that they want to achieve and, and living a certain lifestyle as something to, you know, put your nose up at either. I don't necessarily think that that's a bad goal, and I don't necessarily think that it's um, something for some people that might be uh, the part of who they want to be and part of what they want for their life. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. But I think it's about having a real honest conversations and being and being introspective and being um, thoughtful about yourself and being honest with yourself about what's going. You know, what are the reasons behind that? Yeah. Because I just think that. For some people, that might be part of it, and that might be very important for them, and they may think that's success for them. Um, but just, you know, not getting too honed in on that, and, oh, there's just, like, so many people that that's what they look at. Oh, this person has is, is got this much money in this house and this, that, and blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I totally 100% agree with you, and I still think the, the Venn diagram of your point and my point do overlap in, in one point, and that's... You know, yeah, you have the big house and you have three cars and you, you know, but there's a reason for that. Like maybe you just like a big house so you can have space to spread out and like have all your things. And like you have three cars because you like cars and you like driving them around and you like driving your friends around. There's always a reason behind that thing. Like I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Like please, please challenge me worlds if you think, you know, but I think... I just, I don't know. I always think there's a reason. It's not just like, I like fast cars. Sure, absolutely. Totally valid. I like fast cars. I want to buy, if I'm rich, I'm going to buy cars. I want money so I can buy fast cars. Great. But there's a way those cars make you feel. You know, I like going fast because, you know, that's the real reason. You know what I mean? And that's all I'm saying. So not trying to you know, talk down to or, or disparage anybody who has a giant house and cars and are great, you know, but there's something that that's giving you mm-hmm. that's fulfilling something. That's all I'm saying. I agree. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's, it, it, I keep saying the same thing over and over again, so I don't know how that's interesting okay. I am right now, but <laughs> you're I always very like, interesting. I just feel like it's about being authentic and honest and, and really looking at yourself and 
if that's what that is. And for some people it is, it's being able to have a family and provide a, a, a type of a home in a type of an area and be able to send your kids to a school. And that, that's, and that make, and you, that's what you want to do. And that makes you fulfilled and happy. Mm-hmm. Because the word fulfill is a word, another word that should be popped up in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Because we're not always going to be happy. We're not all walking around, geesed up all the time. Woohoo! Yes, I'm sorry. I love my life. I'm sorry, geesed up? Geesed. Like geesed, like happy. Sorry. Where, 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 uh, now I want to know. Where did you geese up? I don't know what it's I love it. No, I love geese stuff. Anyone that was in high school listening right now is probably like, they don't say geese anymore. <laughs> that was last year, <laughs> two years ago. I love oh, it. Why are you feeling old and silly? I didn't mean but, to make you feel old. You know, I, I, I think it's amazing. I'm going to say geese stuff. No, people that would be like excited about that, but I love saying geese. Sorry, I lo- <laughs> I, I'm such a jerk. I totally <laughs> made you lose your train of thought. No, you're not. Um, oh, I was talking about fulfilled. Yes. I think that um, we're not always happy and we're not always ecstatic all the time. That's just not a normal existence. You feel happy sometimes, but if you can feel fulfilled, it just that's another word that I think would go really nice with my definition of success and being living your life in a way that you 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 feel like you are the person that you wanted to be and that you're, that you're there and that you're, that you're in the right, you're going in the right direction. I agree. I I think you hit on it that who's that person I want to become. It's that fulfilled version of yourself, that honest, authentic, fulfilled version of yourself. When the, the bad stuff does happen or the negative events do happen, it doesn't shake your foundations. Mm -hmm. It's more like, I can handle this because I know we've all been there where we we're not in the job that we really want and we're not at the point in life where we really want to be and something negative happens and all of a sudden your thoughts spiral into I should just move back home I can't afford this I'm sick of this like my friends or my family nobody like you start to encompass everything about your life and like everything's negative right but when you're that fulfilled, authentic, honest version of yourself and something bad happens, you get to focus on just the negative uh, thing and not everything in your life is screwed up and I need to start over again. Yeah, 100%. When, yeah. yeah, when you have that foundation, it, you just look at the event and not, not that and that event doesn't define every part of your life and that, every, like you said, everything is now a mess and terrible right. off of one thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we've... I think this feels like it. We're, we're kind of coming to the conclusion of that. What do you think? I think so too. Yeah, I think we've, we've solved the world problems. The hell out of this. Yeah, yeah. Everything's taken care of. NATO can disband. <laughs> we've we've done the hard work, fellas and ladies. Thank you. Um, no, I think I think that that last point we both agreed on was the one. Like the person you want to become. How do you know you're you're heading towards the person you want to become? I think you start to see that fulfilled, authentic, honest version of yourself coming into sharper focus. And that's, I think, how you know you're on the right track. Yeah, and sometimes you need help. Like, you need Ralph to help you with the career part, <laughs> or you need Kristen to help you with the uh, mental health you're part. good at marketing, I man. really I just kind of went right there. You no, did. because I think, it, I, I, it. I think about it, I know we're, we're wrapping up, but I, I think <laughs> about it in the sense of it, it's hard for a lot of people to take those close looks. 
Absolutely. And it's, it's scary, and a lot of people don't want to do it. And so it, it takes a lot of bravery to even begin that process. And so sometimes some type of outside assistance is helpful for some people. Because I could, I'm thinking of people listening to us saying, well, how do I do that? How do I become fulfilled? And what are the, how do I, I don't know how to look at my authentic self and to be honest, but I want to. And so I'm not saying you absolutely would need a professional to help you, but you know, maybe it might be if you're, if you're struggling, excuse me, by yourself. Absolutely. And, and please Google, do your research, like look up, read articles, read books, do all of that. I think that's great. But to, to your point, there's always a time where you're like, okay, I've reached the the stage of change where I'm ready to go forward. I'm ready to make this happen. I can't do it on my own. I need to partner with somebody for a little bit. That's totally valid and normal and fine to want to need a little help every once in a while. And you know, it's not like it's going to be forever. But it's like it's good to have the resources there. So yes, absolutely. Please contact both Kristen and I. If you if you need, I wasn't actually trying to do some well, hardcore I marketing. I am. <laughs> no, I mean it wasn't what I said. It wasn't exactly my my, my intent, but of course, yes. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, so uh, that brings us to the end of another really great episode. And if anybody wants to send us a question who doesn't know us and isn't connected to us on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook, how can they do that? They can do that. Oh, but on our e- our email account. Yep. Right. <laughs> hey, let me ask you something at gmail.com. Woo, it's Monday. It is Monday. It's Monday. And if you do know us and want to connect with us, you can find us on our uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagrams and our websites. My website is trueenginecoaching.com. Mine is the Philly Therapist Kristen, K R I S T I N dot com. And we are always open to have a free virtual coffee with anybody to talk about what you need, see if we're the right fit. And the great thing about uh, Kristen and I is you don't have to use us if you don't want to. I'm always happy to recommend other people. I'm happy to give my point of view and give my two cents where necessary, but. You know, we're here to help people. So if, if you know, you call us and we do end up partnering up, great. And if not, awesome. We get, you know, you, you're thinking differently or we get to talk, get you to talk to somebody who can help you. So no pressure, but that's why we're here, to help you out. I also wanted to say, Ralph, that if somebody has a question that sort of jumps off of the one we did today, that, mm. you know, I wanted to encourage people that way as well. We're happy to continue these conversations. We don't need to... You know, one episode about a question or two does not need to end there. If it sparked some additional questions that you got from our conversation today, we encourage that as well. Absolutely. I love that. Um, Okay. That's it for us. Thank Uh, you. Thank you very much, Kristen and Ralph, signing off. And we'll see you next time.